Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to and showcase qualities of planetary leadership. My name is Julian Guderlai. I'm committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive. I'm your host and creator of Green Planet, Blue Planet, and in today's episode, my guest is Alejandro Blatt. Welcome, Alejandro. Welcome, Julian. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Alejandro is a Tulum-based multidisciplinary artist, passionate about the aesthetic and energetic interactions between fruits, flowers, colors, and humans. With a permaculture background specializing in fruits, he understands the fruit growing process and how to manifest the abundance cycle, and we'll talk about that, seed to tree, fruit to seed. He finds and shares the essence of the fruit represented through an artistic and sensual lens. Through altars, ceremonies, and workshops, his message to the world is to connect, play, and interact with our nature's resources. So with these words, welcome to the show. Welcome, Alejandro. Thank you so much. I'm really, really grateful to be here. Amazing. I'm so, I'm so happy we get to connect on the, the, you know, the topic of abundance, the abundance cycle in nature through the lens of fruit and from seed to seed, basically. Exactly. Tell us a little bit more about your journey, Alejandro. Like, how did you, how did you find that this is that this is what you want to do, get to do, and kind of you know have to bring to the world? Wow, that's a good question. But back in 2018, in summer, I'm part of a community called Project Heart, which they they do gatherings around the world. They invited me to this gathering in Turkey in the summer, in the coast, super beautiful. And of course I was there. We had breakfast and after breakfast, there was so much fruit left. And they were like, what should we do with all these fruits? And I was like, can I do a workshop? And they were like, yeah, sure, sure, let's do it. And I was, let's play with the fruits. And we started playing with the fruits, starting feeling them, smelling them. Some people rubbing them on their bodies. And I was like, wow, what, what is this? And people came after playing for such a long time and they were like, what's the name of this? How is it called? And I was fruit healing. And they were like, wow, when is the next one? So everything was like more experimentation. And I was during all my childhood, I went to the Boy Scouts. That's where I learned how to share with people activities, how to guide a, what you call right now a workshop. Back in the day, it was just a Boy Scout activity for me. So I have been applying everything that I know from them about how to guide groups. And now, after four years of that, I came back to Tulum. I started really practicing it and trying more and trying more and experimenting, changing, modifying it. And now after some years, I have learned not only the fruit, the fruit part about doing it, but what is behind, what's the, what is the whole process. And now I'm understanding why that was my calling, why that was what I needed to be doing, why, what I'm, I'm doing right now at this point of my life. So pretty much that's the story, which is a separate great story by playing and by experimenting what we have right now. Yeah, I love that. 
figuring out the next step through playing with what is what is already there and just just keep sharing a bit because I think for someone who's who's new to you and who's new to your story of like you know finding fruit and the abundance kind of resource cycle through fruit in in this kind of playful way um, it's definitely something very new and so I'm, I'm curious like you said you found out why or the connection that people make when they you know when they interact with fruit in this way um, yeah what else what else can you share about that People around the world will used to find a fruit, probably buy it on the supermarket, buy it, get it on our hands, eat it, and that's it. Shit it, and that's it. Like no, no process, no interaction with the fruit. What I have found is that if we consume a fruit in a really conscious way, everything changes. The whole experience changes. Because in my workshops, in my ceremonies, I invite people to really activate all their senses with the fruit, to touch it, to caress it, to smell it. And it's crazy how every time I do this exercise, people come after with me telling me, this reminded me to my grandmother, this reminded me to my aunt. We as humans have a really, really strong relationship with fruit and our childhood immediately connects. And it's something that I still don't know why, but always I do this exercise. Someone comes up saying that it, it took him back to their childhood. So I'm finding a way to connect true fruits as a channel, but in a really deep, way to connect with with something as you were saying something that common as fruit that we as humans have contact with fruits everywhere we work, we go in the world we have access to these fruits and if we start seeing them analyzing and appreciating them as much as they have in travel or once you understand the fruit cycle you of course appreciate much more as you were telling me with the pumpkin there's nothing like harvesting your own food getting it from the tree and get the energy because of something you plant you nourish so that's my message that's what i'm trying to explain right now to the world to connect art with to connect permaculture and to connect consciousness in one same project so that's what I'm working. I love on right it. Now. Yeah, we were just talking about pumpkins because where where I'm at in in Canada right now, we're we're carving pumpkins, and there's something about you know, um, well well getting your pumpkin, but then also opening it, carving it out, getting messy, getting all in, and there's like being in this sensorial experience where, for you know, I don't know how long it takes, but the the thirty to sixty minutes, I don't have this abstraction of. I bought this in the supermarket and now I'm going to do this with it. I'm just like in the experience of, you know, lo loving what I'm creating. So this is, this is fascinating. I know you just spoke about permaculture as well. And you're, you know, you, you, as a Nino Fruto, right. The, the, the kid, the fruit boy, um, you're, you're on this message with your workshop. So I'm, I'm curious about this seed to seed cycle um, through your lens, because this is something that we've commonly almost lost, because you said we buy food in the supermarket. And so, you know, that's association that at least for 
Um, if we look at children and in, like the city children grow up with that association, food comes from the supermarket. But like in reality, um, we, we know that the soil and seeds are one of the most abundant uh, resources we have on this planet. And most definitely, you know, topsoil and regenerating soil is also one of the number one solutions to what we call the great pollution or climate change. So um, do you care to share a bit more about like the experience from seed to seed? Exactly. Yeah, thank you for saying that to coming up because I just visited yesterday some guys here in, right now in Los Angeles. And I visit these guys called the Fruit Institute. The Fruit Institute is a whole institute based on, on the fruit process. So taking them as an example, what they do, what they do that we're really connecting that is that they go to anyone's home, they hire them, and what they do is they may they plant you a fruit tree and they do and they give maintenance to this tree. So what are doing, what I'm doing, and what people are doing around the world is to really show people how easy it is to grow your own food, how easy it is to really put off a, a fruit tree, and it's just a matter of waiting. You just need to plant it, you just need to wait, and you will have fresh oranges for the rest of your life. So if we really can show people how easy this process is, more people will start growing food in their backyards. More people will start growing their own fruits. And it's just connecting the dots. We work, we make money, we go to the supermarket, we buy fruits, we bring them home and we eat them. Why don't we just plant a tree, harvest those fruits and eat them? So my whole project, my whole journey is about teaching people how easy is to get access to these fruits how easy it is to have a fruit forest to really have your own fruits and as i was saying that feeling is so so satisfying like you cannot compare with anything it's like having a child with fruits yeah you know the the joy is literally visible on all of the you know the media you create from your events and workshops that people are just in a completely different mindset almost like we're leaving the regular mind and just interacting with this primal kind of connection to soil, to food, to just, just who we are as, as humans when we connect to, you know, what we said a few times now in this episode, the, the cycle of abundance. So uh, Alejandro, I know that there is a, a project that you're working on right now that is, you know, what you just shared, like instead of, um, you know, disassociating with the natural world, like why don't we plant more trees or why don't we plant more fruits or why don't we, you know, connect to the soil in the way that it, it gives us an abundant uh, fruit for the rest of our life. And so one of your projects that you're working on as well right now is a permaculture design kind of edible landscape garden. And I love the topic of edible landscape. I still feel like it has, it's totally underrepresented. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it has some answers to what we call, um, you know, poverty or homelessness in, in, in cities, right? But then also there's a remediation of soil. There's, there's just an, a connection to your ambience and your environment. And so, um, yeah, please share a bit about the, the landscape and edible landscape project that, that you're planning for Tulum at the moment. Yes, right now I'm about to go back to Tulum in a couple of days and I'm, I'm based there at the moment. And my whole idea is to make Tulum first regenerative fruit forest. What does that mean? 
is to have a space where people can come, see the fruits, hold ceremonies with the fruits, have art with the fruits, and also a lot of consciousness with everything around the fruits. Specializing in Mayan fruits, which I found out that there are 27 Mayan fruit species that not not being consumed anymore. So after being in the villages, going to Merida, to Yucatan, speaking with the locals, with these grandparents, the abuelos, and really connecting with them, I found out that there are so many fruit species that are not being consumed or grown anymore. Why? Because people just don't want them. And we as humans are programmed to just consume what we know. It's something really natural to just go same oranges for the rest of your life or same kind of things. Also with fruit happens. So these fruits, these Mayan fruits are being, as I'm saying, they're forgotten fruits because there are some species that they don't, people don't want them anymore. And they're so juicy, they're so sweet that it's time for me, I'm taking that flag to show the world these fruits and make them a trend again. And people can come to Tulum and visit these fruit forests and try these new fruits. So I want to create a whole new experience around fruit for visitors from around the world that come to Tulum. So that's the, the main plan. I'm doing right now a PDC, Permaculture Design Certification course. The first online PDC, I think, in the world. It's by Penny Livingston and Stephen Brooks, amazing teachers and good friends. We're now 27, from 27 different countries around the world, and we're all working in different projects. My, I, I subteamed this one, so I have now a team where 12 people from seven countries, all of us working on a Tulum fruit forest. So it's super, super interesting how now with technology, we're connecting with people from different spots in the world, doing something for the land, which back in the days was even impossible to think about it, to imagine it, how people from different countries are joining forces to work on a land, soil, permaculture project, which is super, super interesting. And it's a... It's a proof of how the world is so connected right now and how projects can be worldwide without without any limits. So that's mm. gives me a lot that. of hope. Yeah, that's exactly it. There is there is a, a feeling or a sense of hope or also trust in, you know, that the regenerative evolution or the regenesance, as as I sometimes call it, is it's happening for those who are engaging in them like applying themselves right and so then suddenly the topics that um, that come up are surprisingly often often very similar so if you look at food forests or edible gardens and landscapes it you know it's it's a topic of food security it's a topic of showing and displaying how uh, disconnected we used to be to the food cycle and how we can reconnect with it basically anywhere because in, in Tulum, you can probably grow all the abundant fruits, including the, the ancient Mayan fruits. Here in, in Canada, there would be different fruits and, and vegetables that people grow. But for a matter of fact, I know that this is a movement happening here as well. And it, it seems to be our way to, you know, basically get our hands and feet dirty again in the soil to understand that the um, diversity of, of like soil health is what ultimately leads to human health and to 
also some kind of um, community that really happens around it. So I have a whole bunch of questions that I want to ask Alejandro, but I, I want to just I want to just check in if, if there's anything we're missing on the idea of edible landscapes. Like um, I'm sure you know about a few other projects around the world where this is where this is happening. What what else do you think it, it brings as a solution, right? It might be a very small solution step in the beginning, but it, it's such a visible, such a visceral um, experience once you're in a landscape that can literally feed you. Yes, I feel like, as you were saying, the food security, it's something that we have taken for granted. But if we really allow ourselves to understand the cycle, it changes everything. It's not like you're going to substitute one fruit that you're buying for one that you're harvesting. It's more about consciousness and about understanding where our energy and resources come from. That was it, it's all about. Because there is a lot of poverty, but I, for example, I was watching a, a documentary and a project here in LA as well called Fruit Sharing that there was a big a poverty situation and there were homeless people doing lines making lines to get some some food and these guys started mapping where were all these fruit trees in LA and they found that if they can connect the people who are hungry with these trees again they're connecting the dots so it's more about changing the way we see the trees because we're going having a lemon tree in our backyard and going to to buy lemons in the supermarket it's just a matter of perspective of, of things and really give these trees the value they receive yeah i'm curious to know from you i, I love to ask this question and i ask it often actually i'm curious to know how you relate to you know what we call garbage and trash in our society and like so the big picture of trash what are your thoughts on, on that and, and how we're dealing with that? I feel like we're so, so in a loop of constant consumption, unconscious cons consumption, that we don't even realize how, how damage we're creating to this world. And it's just like consuming, consuming, consuming and ordering and without questioning ourselves. And it's like so, so, so destroying it for the earth and the trash is what is changing the world and it's like so 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 bad that we need to find different alternatives and as we were seeing yesterday in the permaculture course it's so so important every single person in the world for this change that we need to embrace that responsibility as individuals because if one people start the change, the other one joins, the other one joins, and that's the only way to, to make it happen. So I'm, at least me, I'm really, really conscious at this moment about every single consumption I do, every single thing I buy, I eat. So it's a matter of just spreading the world and spreading the, the consciousness for, for our planet. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, curiosity here, like how, how is that compared being in Los Angeles for a few days compared to uh, Tulum or where you have your, your hands and your feet in the soil. I, I imagine like... Um, yeah, yeah. I, 
You know, it, it's really interesting because after being in, in Tulum in the jungle, in the vortex, as people yeah. call it, like going out and see like all the stores and the supermarkets and the people and just walking around the block and seeing how many carton boxes are and how many people are ordering all the time. It's, it's interesting and it's sometimes fr frustrating for me to see how many movement and consumption and things are happening and me being now a Tulum-based jungle boy, it's, it's, it's impacting. So that's why, but it's also important to have a, a world perspective of what's happening in the world and in the big cities. So everything is about spreading the word and making people understand the message and I feel like by doing my workshops, my ceremonies, I can really leave this message to people, you know, because first mm. you make them connect, synchronize, and once they're in the same symphony, you can give a message and they will receive it. So it's part, part of the process. Yeah, beautiful. I, I totally hear you on that. We, we, we have to, you know, live our messages. Um, rather than just see them or talk about them is like fully live them fully be in connection with them because even though it might just be a, a small step forward from some angle the the way we can create safe zones and so zones of inspiration for others um, really matters and that's really a way how you know impact social impact and then change sustainable change or regenerative change happens is when where you are locally you're applying yourself in a way that is uh, real inspiring and 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 like you know creating energy for yourself usually that's that's one of the the best indicators that i found for myself is when you do something and it creates um a form of joy or almost like perpetual energy for yourself now you know you're really close to what people call purpose right is 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 just being in this place where more energy gets gets tapped into how would you alejandro how would you describe purpose or being in connection with with this mission how would you describe that i don't know if i will call it a purpose or a, a calling like just a calling a message that we as humans receive to to have a mission and to have a journey we we all can decide where are we going to spend our 24 hours of the day where are we going to spend all our energy our resources and me, at this moment of my life right now, I'm deciding to spend it in this project. Why? Because it's just my, my calling right now. And it's, it's time and it's time to really make people awake about these topics. And I wish in some couple months or years to be so uh, influential let's say that I can say something and people can get that message and start acting. I don't know. I wish I could do like, let's make a challenge of just eating fruit for five days and to receive people from around the world joining the challenge and really to have this capacity to make people change. And as we were having a really deep conversation yesterday, it's not a... How was it? It's not a it's not a trend, it's a shift. What we're living right now is a shift of the, the humanity and a shift of the world. 
So we really need to embrace that and understand this shift that we're living, we're experiencing it, and to really know that the world won't be the same again ever. So just hop on that, ride that wave and make people be more conscious and understand and one person at a time, but change the world. That's, that's it's my... the personal transformation that uh, kind of empowers the collective legacy. I'm so with you, um, Alejandro, because, you know, ultimately this shift, these times of shift we're in, um, you know, this is one of the reasons that had me start this podcast is to create like a library of conversations that, that are being had. And, and I, I get it from some angles. Some people might be like, what are you talking about shift, right? There's so much bad still happening in the world, but really if you, if you see the, the energy that's kind of pulling us into this next era of, of humanity, I love how you're saying it, you know, um, opening one's own consciousness and, and sharing messages that, that empower and encourage individuals to, to open to their own consciousness as well. That's where suddenly, um, you know, it, it, great distinction instead of purpose, there's, there's a calling, there's like a, there's like a voice of nature that's wanting to interact with us and, and bring us back into harmony from our sciences to the way we eat, to the way we treat soil, to the way we relate to each other, um, the way we do business, the way we, we, I mean, ultimately one day, the way we do or, or hopefully don't do politics and, and, and step into a form of governance that allows people to be sovereign everywhere, right? And so that's a long journey and there's, there's a lot of work to do on this planet, but it starts with picking up that calling it starts with 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 listening to you know for me it started with listening to what's in stillness what's what's there when nothing's there i love that it, yours is so playful and and all of you you got to check out um el nino fruto uh, alejandro's instagram because people are having fun with fruit and i think this is another really important piece right it's like opening our being to um joy and 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 you know a sensorial or or sensual experience that actually puts us into our body rather than creating uh more and more abstractions of the mind which i feel like and and some people might be able to relate to me here i feel like this is what happens to me when i'm spending a whole day in front of the computer when i'm on in yeah. front of a screen the whole day my whole uh, being, that calling of, of the being, you know, it's not a self-perpetual energy because at some point you just kind of dry out. You're like, oh, I need to go outside. But when you're actually opening your sensorial body and, and we talk about, you know, raising consciousness uh, a minute ago here, for me, consciousness in the human form has a lot to do with how we perceive through the senses. And when something is, you talk about a shift um, and I'm, 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 I'm on board, the same language kind of flows through me. I do believe that our senses are a very important access point. So we realize our role as, as humans um, in, in that kind of, you know, chain of chain of, of biodiversity that we live in. Correct. I totally agree. And I want to share last Sunday, I did a fruit meditation in Yosho tree in the desert. And I remember after finishing, how a guy approached me and he started crying and crying and crying. And I, I asked him if I could do an interview for him. So I filmed him explaining and he started saying that 
he got because one of the exercises I do is I make people walk around the altar, the fruit altar we build, and I invite everyone to select the fruit they feel more connected with without asking them too much. So they take the fruit and then I, I invite them to analyze and ask themselves why did they select the fruit they have in their hands. So these guys started crying and telling me that it reminds him his grandmother and how when he grew, he had an avocado tree and how this avocado reminded him all his, his life, his childhood. So I'm, as you're saying, if we can touch these fibers, these feelings of the people that we all, we all have them, it's just a matter of us to, to touch them and to call it those feelings like, hey, come, wake up, you're alive. So if we are able to make that happen, that's when people is so sensible and we're touching their feelings, any message can be received well. So once you connect and then you, you give them all this speech about what do we need to do for our world to heal our world and heal ourselves. That's powerful. I can't wait to, you know, join one of your fruit ceremonies. Um, I'm, you I'm will. Yeah, I will. I will. Somewhere between Tulum and Costa Rica, most likely. Um, yeah. I'm curious. I want to hear a little bit more about you. So, um, you know, Alejandro, now what that you're doing, what you're doing, if you're looking back to maybe the, the younger, the younger version of you that was at, you know, you mentioned earlier, that was in Boy Scouts, what would be... Yeah. Um, I don't know if advice is the right word, but what would be like a message that you'd want to send to your past self to that, that you've learned now where you're like, hey, if I only knew this 10 years earlier, that would have already helped me quite a bit. I think I'm doing the exact thing on the exact moment, to be honest. I feel like in order to be where I'm right now, I have, I have passed through a whole process of, I have a background in event production, and in music management. And I feel like I've been learning so much in my whole journey that what I'm doing right now is just like a consequence of everything I did before on time, you know, to get along with the right people, to be in the right circles of, of communities, to be traveling so much. And now that I have gathered some information, some experience, I think I'm, I'm doing this shift. I want to quote, a guy called Adan Weinberg, who lives in Tel Aviv in Israel. And I remember like five, six years ago, I did a two-month internship with him. And he was doing a, he was a club promoter. That's what his job was. And he told me that once you need to create a circle of people who are following you, what's the easiest way to make people follow you? to throw parties and do events and be on the clubs. Once you have that traction, and once you have that voices of people following what you're doing, you can shift them to do whatever you want to take them to. So now this guy is doing a lot of things between Palestine and Israel, working in, in world peace solving. But that quote really impacted me because I was also doing events and parties and club promoting and that. But if you have 
distraction of the people you can take them to do whatever you want after so that's what i'm where i'm shifting right now i'm leaving doing the festivals doing their events and making people have this awakening of consciousness by fruit right now i'm using fruits because it's my calling right now but i don't know what i'm going to do in the next 10 years 15 years 20 years but what i'm doing right now i know is my calling and i know it's the right thing to share my message to the world so that's what i'm focusing on right now and the message to my future to my past self i will say keep exploring and keep keep traveling and keep smiling and keep writing i always write i have my my notebook all the time with me and it's so important for me to write my ideas down so that will be my message just keep keep doing what you're doing because um, i'm proud of you got it i like that I, I like the writing definitely journaling and writing diaries has been a part of my life and been a uh, like a backbone in in the relationship with myself of just being able to reflect and connect with different trains of thoughts and different states of feelings and consciousness and yeah what an interesting quote you shared there the ability to unite people and, and maybe that starts with celebration or, or we call the partying i i think that's yeah. something that we could say humans are somewhat good at right and there's a desire no matter where you go in the world for people to celebrate and so once we go we go there um if we don't stop and keep going i think it's a it's it's not a bad starting point at all. Um, Alejandro, I'm curious, I have, I have two more questions. Uh, one is about the education system and kind of, you know, we, I think we know, we, we know between the two of us here, a lot of the failures of the, the global education system. But if you, you know, <laughs> you and fruit, <laughs> if you and fruit could change the education system, what would you do? If me and fruit could change the education system, I will definitely, as you as we were saying, teach people about the different kind of fruits, different kind of soils, different kind of climates. I will definitely show people how to get there with the land and really touch the ground, kiss the ground and grow grow their own food that's something that it's not at least in my high school in my school i never learned about that and i think it's really really important to encourage people to travel to travel the world and to see other perspective of things and when i finished high school i traveled for a year and that really opened my mind and was the start of what i'm right now so i really i will encourage to be something even uh, obligatory, like super, super strict that people, that, that young kids need to travel by themselves a year in their life. That, that will be a rule that I will put. So like a, like a pilgrimage that's, that's uh, everyone makes it their own. I completely am with you. I, I didn't learn about, I don't think we planted anything in school, to be honest. We didn't really, we didn't really get dirty enough. Um, and travel changed my life. I mean, that's that's a story I've talked about often. Like not just travel, but like what I would now call slow travel, or just arriving in a place that's so different than the places you know. And you you have to face your own biases, and you have to face your own ways of thinking. 
because um, they might be normal where you just came from, but where you just landed, those ways of thinking are <laughs> possibly foreign, possibly not accepted, possibly crazy, right? And so exactly. dealing with that adversity is, is I mean, later on, I, I find it fun. In the moment, it's often challenging. And I think that challenge is what, what shapes us. Exactly. Well, my last question for you today in, in our session here is, is about, you know, your dream for the earth, your dream for the species, your earth vision, I call it. And let me give a little bit more context. So the context is basically for us as ancestors of the future, right? So in a seven generational point of view, and you, you had a few insights of that in our conversation already where you know, you said through fruit, people connect with their ancestors. So I'm really curious um, where you're going to take this answer. Like, what is your dream for this planet and for our species it, once we zoom out a bit into a seven-generational view forward into the next seven generations that come after us? Wow. So in seven generations, I will be a grand, grand, grand father. Wow. Uh, I hope they remember me and I hope they remember some of the things I created because I'm sure they they will and I would love to see these seven generations as just more more connected world more connected to I, I'm sure traveling will be so easier in in seven generations that people will be i don't know even living in one country and working another one and moving all the time i don't know how how are we going to solve that but i'm seeing like transportation and connection will be so much more immediate in immediate so i think people will be just moving around the world in a sustainable way, but I can really see this nom modern nomadism where people will be all the time moving around the world to different spots, to different places. Maybe we'll be like living on a nomad house or I don't know how that's going to happen, but we will be all the time moving to different places around the world. I can also see that we're, we're going to be more, much more integrated with technology, but with nature at the same time. So there will be a, a huge, huge writing of the natural technology. With that means what we're seeing now of Internet of Things, we will be connected with, with the Internet of Nature. That's what I'm really, really seeing that we will, everything will be more automatized, but with nature as well. So all the trees, all the water, all the soils, they will be integrated with the internet. So I think that's a concept that will happen. And the nomadism, that's something that we will start seeing a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful vision. I think this is something that a lot of the tech fans, um, might, might want to create some space in their in their imagination for is, is the way we could connect this you know you just call it the internet of things to the natural world in a way where we can then cherish and love and respect and understand 
the incredible interconnection from the mycelium in the soil to the, the trees that are reaching for the sunlight, right? That are converting sunlight into um, life, literally, um, all around us. What a beautiful vision, Alejandro. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you for the time. Thank you for your insights. Thanks for bringing fruit to the world as a, as a sure. for the talk. Thank you. I'm going to make sure to choose a, a great photo to, to get, get across the joy that you, that you create in people's lives. And um, yeah, for everyone who listened all, all the way through this, make sure to get some, some fruit to, to play with and eat and contemplate the, the, deep, the deep cycle between you know, <laughs> seed to seed. Um, it's, it's exactly. a cycle of abundance. Exactly. And I will be presenting a fruit temple in Art With Me, November 11 to 15 in Tulum. I don't know if you're listening to this after or before, but just wanted to share that. I'm really excited for that. And I'm now planning all the peace and how are we going to make people interact with the fruit in a really special and peculiar way. So that's what I'm preparing right now awesome definitely make sure to follow alejandro on instagram i'm going to link that out as well then you'll get updates about all the all the events no matter when you're hearing this episode thank you so much for your time alejandro it was a pleasure thank you brother i really appreciate it so so grateful as we say it <laughs>you truly enjoyed this one you took some insights away something you can apply for your own life or something you want to share with a friend if you truly enjoy green planet blue planet podcast the episodes i make and the guests and interview partners i feature make sure to subscribe leave a review on the podcast on your favorite app on spotify or apple podcast share it with a friend and if you feel inspired make sure to support this podcast there are plenty of ways to get in touch with me leave a monthly recurring financial support on anchor.fm or simply in the show notes of this episode wherever you're tuning into this podcast is really just about to get started featuring showcasing and gathering some of the most badass planetary change makers that are making this the regenerative decade on planet earth wherever you are in the world have yourself a stellar day